the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. It's a very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and fun things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful spells. She's actually sitting me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to that Witch Life podcast. That's the name of this podcast. Uh, Kanani, I don't know what to say, but I was introducing our show, and I forgot the name of our show halfway through my introduction. I mean, it happens. I mean, I haven't slept in weeks, months, a actually. While. A while. And yeah, so I... I that literally just happened as I forgot the name of that Witch Life podcast, which is not the hardest name to remember. Anyway, my name is Courtney. I'm your host today, and I am here with Kanani. Kanani's here because Hillary is not. Hillary is in Greece working on a performance piece because she's amazing and perfect, and she was been hanging out at the cave to Persephone and the the Oracle of Delphi and sending us pictures of temples. And we are both extremely jealous and also so happy for her, and also uh, jealous and also so happy for her, and all those things. Mostly jealous. Mostly jealous. Mostly jealous. I don't know. Kanani just kind of drops in there. Yeah, my cousin has a, has an apartment there, as if it like. Like, why the fuck isn't she there right now? I, I I can't answer that question. I have no idea. Yeah, you don't even know. And so this is actually the perfect way to start this episode. We're talking with Emily Dexter, who's a pet psychic whom I discovered on TikTok and had a really, really good informational session with her. And she did some pet psychic reading for me, which was very helpful. Um, and then... Um, I jump on and I hear Kanani threatening to murder her cat. So cat yeah. murdering is not actually happening, everyone, but cat threatening is happening. A hundred percent it's happening. And I'm about to just go. Oh, he's driving me insane. He's in my bathroom right now. Every time I come over to grab him, to throw him outside the room, he runs under my bed. And so there's nothing I can do. And did you hear that? No. What was that? Oh, the crashing noise. I don't know. I'm no. assuming he just knocked my hairbrush off the vanity. Oh my god! This I dreamt about saying. your other cat last night for some reason. I dreamt about Melody, Miss Melody. She's so yeah. sweet. Actually, yeah, she's she- actually we found that she's actually a whole holy terror, but she never does it in front of anyone. <laughs> so all of the shit that we think must have been Max, actually, most of it is Melody. But she's smart enough to not do it while people can see. Oh my god! Hold on one second. He's literally knocking things off of things. Hold. Now we pause for a moment. While Kanani goes and screams at her cat. La, 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 la. You're on mute. Okay, good. Then you didn't hear all the curse words that just came spewing out of my mouth. Oh, yeah, because I never heard those before. That's true. It's yeah. true. Well, I am freshly back from Between the World Sacred Space Conference in Baltimore, which was... Uh, it was such an extraordinary time. I was so glad to be around people it's can I haven't even really told you much about the conference except all the shit show that went on with travel and with my family, which is a story for another time. But, um, I love we're at this point with our, our audience at that witch life where 
I do this whenever I speak at conferences. I say, I say, hi, well, this is where you can find me. I also have a podcast called That Witch Life, and it's very serious, very grounded, very professional. And before I could even finish saying that, there's always like a handful of people that goes, and I say, oh, I have listeners in the room, do I? (laughs) But I ran into some listeners, and it was just so good to hear from people. They're like, hey, I listened to the show. And I'm like, and you still want to talk to me? Oh, my God. Right, and you still came to my workshop? Like, what is wrong with you? And yeah, like, thank you so much. And I just met some really wonderful people. And so um, listeners that I got to meet at... Um, in Baltimore, it was a pleasure of one woman I met and I wish I'd had more time to spend with her because she gave me, um, a a crocheted piece and dear listener, I feel really embarrassed. I cannot remember if you said you made it or that your mother made it and taught you how to make, or or that she taught you how to make it. But I know your mother had just passed away and you gave me this piece and it's, I, it really, really meant a lot to me. And there was so much going on and it took me a minute to really process what was going on. It takes, I, I tend to tend to kind of, I have, when I have these really powerful movie moments, I tend to freeze up a little bit. It takes me a, a moment or two to really like absorb what has just happened. So by then, you know, you had moved on and I had moved on and we had to get out of the space. And so I didn't really get a chance to tell you how much that, you know, really meant to me and that that's very special and will be in my, my daughter's nursery. So friend, if you're listening, I just wanted to say thank you and how much that meant. And if I didn't really respond in the moment, it's because I was overwhelmed and that's, I tend to shut down when I'm overwhelmed or make an inappropriate joke, which this time Kanani, you'd be proud of me. I did not do. I am proud of you. That's impressive. There was a pause where she I'm also not like, sure. I'm also not sure if I believe you, but if that is yeah. factual, then then I am I'm very impressed. I am working on that like when strangers especially are really kind and you know giving me feedback about my work that in the past I would usually say something totally inappropriate and self-deprecating because that's just how I respond to you know moments of overwhelm, but I'm like, "No, don't do that because it's not someone who doesn't really know you that well." that doesn't feel good to them. So you've really got to be careful. And I didn't make an inappropriate joke. I was like, just absorbed the beauty of that moment. Um, And it was, uh, it it was a good time. It's like, I, I actually missed people in the pandemic. And I never thought that was possible because I am actually naturally shy, um, which is why I tend to come across kind of as a large personality. It's a defense mechanism because I'm so shy that I'd like have to be a bigger personality just to like deal with it. Um, but it was really nice to be around people. Nice to be around witches, like just good to see folks, believe it or not. You are giving me this look. What, what is with you? Why are you looking at me like that? I don't, I just, I don't, I don't relate to enjoying seeing people. So this is just hard for me. I'm trying to, (laughs) my brain is trying to like, process all of these things and thoughts that you're having and understand them. I have a literal side eye like Kanani has turned me the profile, narrowed her eyes, is looking at me like, are you full of it? So Yeah. Like excited to see others? Like I don't I don't understand. Like what are we doing here? What's going on? Yeah. Well Kanani and I have making big strides. She is going to actually babysit my child this week while I take my mother and sister out, which is going to be really like, you know, the first time I'm leaving her with someone who's not bio family, but it's Kanani. So she's basically, you know, is still within the same pod. So it's all good, but that's, you know, a step in a a big step for me. I count. You do. I don't, I don't think that I, I definitely don't count as stranger status though. No, 
You don't count as well. I would no. I would not leave my Strange. child a stranger at this point. Not a stranger. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm like I probably trust you with my child more than I trust me with my child because you've got a lot more experience with kids than I do. And this so this is true. <laughs> I have more experience with children than probably ninety percent of the Earth's population. So oh my gods, it's what's what happens when you start babysitting when you're like barely a child. Oh, you know what? It's so funny that we talk about this. Like I, you know, now it, it was, people are like, Oh, well, Kanani's 12 year old. You're not going to leave her alone with your child. Are you? I mean, and I went, no, of course not. But then I went, wait a minute. I was younger than her when I was taking care of children alone. Oh, yeah, but I people, was 10 and 11 and I would just get dropped off at some rando's house and be like, here's their three kids here. You're going to make $15. Watch them for a few hours while they go out for dinner and a movie. And it was like, all right. I know. It's really, we've just all decided that you have to be older to take care of kids. Yes. Which yeah. is not a terrible thing. That's not a no. terrible rule. But yeah, no, no that not. rule did not apply when we were children. I know. And it's it's like we took those babysitting classes where they would like tell you every possible thing that could possibly go wrong. Like, here's how the house would burn down. Here's how. I never took a babysitting ch- class. I did. And it was like. <laughs> I probably should have. I never did. It was just a, it was a bunch of scare tactics. Like you, you can't learn first, whatever, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm glad that Kanani, you have come up with something that we were going to discuss during our intro today, because I'm all over the place. Um, I don't know why I was, it, th- again, we don't know why I was left with small children when I was so young. And we don't know why anyone would leave me with the episode when I haven't slept in weeks. I mean, this is clearly Kanani's fault. Um, but and all things are. Yeah. So, we drawing from our witch squad page um we were going down this rabbit hole of me trying to get either kanani or hillary to marry one of the pizza guys in my town and then we discover that there's a third pizza guy whose name is actually oh, we didn't discover it david she discovered it no no we're getting oh that's right david she discovered it that there's a third pizza guy who has the same name as a very famous now deceased witchcraft author and we were like, wait a minute, is this a sign from the gods that either Kanani or Hillary has to marry one of these? Or, you know, my husband would probably be okay with a polyamorous dynamic as long as it was with the pizza guy. If it meant we were getting free pizza, he'd be like, yeah, not a problem. So anyway, Kanani called me and she goes, I have this really great idea. Let's um, let's get let's get people to post what they think would be the best pickup lines for me. Because so, David's okay, that's not actually how it started. Okay, how yeah, it started me was me calling you. On. How it how it how it started was me calling you physically destroyed over the accuracy of how David decided to write a description of one of the pizza guys when he had met them. Because you were saying something about, well, when David came to town, he actually met the pizza guys. David, what did you think? Yeah. And his description of said pizza guy, you you pretty much accurately described as Kanani bait. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. So this was past summer when David Shee came to visit. First of all, y'all, David Shee's new book is out. You need to go get it. He is, he is wonderful. He's an excellent writer. So you must go get David's new book, Spirit Voices. It's by Wiser Books and it is available now. So order it and, you know, because it's 
David is such a wonderful writer and so informative and we is, we love him and he has been on our show many times and you all should just get it. Anyway, David came to visit us last summer and my husband and I took him out for pizza and I honestly forgot that I was constantly trying to, you know, hook up either Hillary or Kanani with the pizza guys. And David turned to me and said, Hey, is this the pizza shop where the pizza guys work? I'm like, Oh my God. Yes, David, it is. And he goes, I'm going to go check him out. So we've been sitting at an outdoor table and David in his scholarly academic researcher way gets up and walks in straight faced, very serious, not like giggly, like I'm going to go look at him. He's like, I must investigate and gather the information. And he walks straight into the pizza shop. I don't know. It goes to the bathroom, whatever. And he comes back out and he sits down very seriously. And he goes, Yes, I believe I saw one of the pizza guys. <laughs> and then that's when I mentioned it. And then he said, David said in our squad page, um, the pizza guy I saw had a gruff exterior, but with puppy eyes that held a deep-seated sadness or maybe just a general brooding broodingness. I don't know. Pizza was delicious. And that literally was like, how do I get Kanani to take her pants off? Brood. I just ovulated right now. <laughs> Hearing you read that, <laughs> I just ovulated again. Like, are you shitting me with this? So that's why I called you. I called you because I was visibly and physically upset over the <laughs> accuracy of, of how David would describe someone in a way that pretty much made them impossible for me to resist. With the whole, you know, dark broodiness nonsense with puppy, puppy eyes, eyes with a deep seated satin. Like, I'm sorry. Deep are you reading my diary? Deep like, I don't even have a diary. <laughs> I don't even have a diary. And he has read my diary. And like, also, I don't understand what's happening. And also, and also that he makes badass pizza. Like, also the fact that this I mean, that doesn't help. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the, all the other stuff that like has already caused me to ovulate. And I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. I mean, literally, you're blushing. I'm watching you blush, discussing. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I physically, that's why I called you. I was physically, like, distraught over this. Like, how the, like, I don't even the, keep a diary. And yet he knows all my inner thoughts. Like, I don't how, understand what's happening right now. How have you not started sleeping with the pizza guy on my behalf? Like, I don't how know. is this? I, maybe I already have. I don't know. After reading that, it's possible we're already engaged. I don't know. <laughs> it's insane. So anyways, from from my distraughtness. And my inability to understand how David can see into my soul is when I, I made the joke about, wouldn't it be funny to have other people on the squad, like try and come up with, you know, pickup lines or what pickup lines would you use to get Kanani in the sack? And so Courtney posted that on the squad page and we got some absolutely hilarious replies. All right. So I'm pulling, I'm pulling up, I'm pulling them up right now. Bear with me just a second. I mean, my first example was like if somebody said to you, um, uh, if somebody said to you, hey, I have backstage passes to the new kids on the block reunion tour, like that would work. And that works. Yeah. That would 100% that would work. That's a five okay. out of five. All right. So um, let's start. What's going to go through these and you're going to rate them. So what's the scale? Is it one to 10, one to five? I'll say one to five. One? one to five. Five is like five, five stars. Five means, five means we're probably going to make out. Okay. We're, and one five means, means we're making out later. One means it's not going to happen. One's a hard pass. Okay. All right. So here's the first one. You ready? Okay. I love the three G's. Goths, Gilmore, Go Gilmore Girls, and Ghosts. That's a five. That's a five. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a five. I have a feeling I know where this one's going to go, but it's very close. 
I've just designed a new tea and I'd love your feedback. I've got Netflix soft blankets and jammies. The pizza I made will be out of the oven in 15 minutes. So if you switch tea to coffee, that's a five. Yeah. Yeah. Tea will do nothing for me. But if you offer me coffee, jammies, soft blankets and pizza, we are absolutely making out under those soft blankets. Like this is what's happening. Like that's a five out of five. This person wants you to give your opinion and they have Netflix. But yes. we all have Netflix. We all have Netflix, but still. We all have Netflix. I think we all have Netflix now. Yeah, I think we do too. Okay. The next one is I'd like to start selling blizzards with our pizza. We're looking for people to taste to taste test these three blizzards with a shot of espresso and how they pair with our pizzas. This is a five out of five. Absolutely. Okay. This is what right. I'm saying. Coffee. It's kind of funny because these are the pizza guys, quote unquote, most of the offers involved pizza which pizza is not necessarily my favorite food but i am certainly never going to turn down pizza you have literally never turned down pizza ever i will not turn down pizza no i really really if no one said this this is probably more underground information but really the most one of the most effective would be hey would you like to come over i can cook you a steak bam pants are off we're done things are happening we're already getting married. I'm having steak for dinner tonight. Well, don't don't hit on me now. I'm already flustered from the whole David She incident. This is I just, know. I know. Well, I'm not. I'm not cooking much. it for you. I'm just telling you that I'm going to eat it's it. Too much. All right. So next one. I think I know where this one's going to go. I'm dead inside. Want to hook up? Clearly, that was someone who knew me very well. Yeah. Because absolutely, that would work. Yeah. That I like. I like the bluntness. Mm-hmm. Just like, let's just point. get to the point. Straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. I'm dead inside. Let's get this done. So that's a five star. That's a five star. All right. The next one. I can take you to Jason Momoa. That's a 10. Uh-huh. That's that's off the charts. That's that that's that's absolutely yes, that's happening. I am Jason Momoa. No, well, I mean that I mean, come on. <laughs> no scale needed, scale broken. Right, scale broken, like, no, no, no. All right. Hey, girl, I brought over pizza. Here's a glass of wine, and I won't talk for the rest of the night. That was my favorite. Uh That one gets the VIP for comments. Bringing me food, glass of wine, and not going to talk to me? Like, done. Done. Sold. Done. That, That gets the trophy. Here's one. My hobbies are listening to rants, providing cunnilingus, and going home by 9 p.m. sharp. Oh, shit. I hadn't seen that one. Oh, that's the one I wrote. Oh, we might have a tie. That sounds pretty fucking fantastic. All I'm right. not going to lie. That's a five out of five. Well, hello there. You're giving me more Tisha Adams vibes. Want to grab a peppermint mocha? Oh, yeah. That would work. Oh, good. So what's the rating there? You're just like, you can't stop the rating if you say I you're going to I know. Like I can't. The, the problem is, I don't know what the problem I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to admit what the problem is, whether these people just our listeners know me so well or I'm just that easy. I'm I don't I'm not sure which it, it's probably They're not a combination mutually of exclusive. the two. So I was going to say, I think it's a combination of the two. All right. OK, so that was that was also a five. That was also a five. That maybe. Right. W- yeah, that was also a five. OK, I was going to say four, but it, it would work. So it's a five. OK, so the next person walks up with pizza in hand and says, by the way, that new Kids on the Block tour is in Hawaii. I also got a babysitter for the weekend. Do you mind if we stop at DQ on the way? I'm going to say probably on the way to the airport. I mean, 
Is anyone not ovulating after reading that? I mean, come on. Like, that. <sighs> I don't know who that doesn't work for. Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii says, and a blizzard. I don't understand. What, what's well, the new what kids on the block? I mean, a new, the new, and new kids on the block and pizza. I don't I don't understand what could possibly be wrong there. I am not a new kids person. So I would say that's I would just be like, I would just go. I would put up with the concert for a trip to Hawaii. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. I would. I I will not go to Hawaii for new kids on the block. But if somebody says, please come with me, I want to go. I'm like, I get it. I, I all I have to do is sit through a new kids concert and I can go to Hawaii. Yeah, that's that sounds good. So, okay. So this is, this is, this person says, you look like the kind of person who would be down for a night of good pizza, campy horror flicks, and a really good foot rub. Are you free Saturday? I would be down for pizza and a foot rub. I don't know about the campy horror flicks. You change it to rom-com and that's pretty much what I do every Friday, but minus the foot rubs. So the foot rub would be enough to, to entice and, and push that one over the edge. Well, the next one has a picture of Jason Momoa as he's eating a slice of pizza. And it says, I'm sorry I ate your pizza on the way over. Want to go out? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Now, this one this one is from someone who identifies as a woman, I believe. It says, are you gay enough to let me buy you a drink? So. That would be a just, yes. So say, Will, Will Kidani, who is probably the one of the least gay people I know, would probably be gay enough just so she wouldn't have, have to pay for I her drink. allowed women to purchase drinks for me and stare at me and pay me compliments? Absolutely, yes, I have. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, I have. <laughs> they understand nothing's going to happen, and I understand nothing's going to happen, but they're enjoying it, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm getting some free drinks, and I'm good. We're all good. It's a very happy party that happens. Absolutely. Yes, Next I'm gay says, enough for that. Yeah, Okay. I'm in the mood for a pizza, a pizza that ass. If someone was actually able to say that to me with a straight face and like really like say that line, that would absolutely work. Absolutely. Because the cojones you have to have to, to do that. But you have it's the way it would have to be delivered. Like there's a way it could be delivered where you just be like, really? Really? How small is your penis? But there's another way that it could be delivered where you're just like, oh, you're fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yes, absolutely. That would so all that, it's all about the delivery. So that one's a five as well. That it could be a five or it could get you kicked. It in depends. The tank. I'm not it sure. Depends, it depends, depends on, how, on the yeah. delivery. All right. The next one is, hey, do you want to binge some supernatural? I'll bring pizza. That's definitely a five. All right. Now, this one is a, oh, <laughs> I really think you're the entire reason the podcast works. <laughs> That's a five. That's a five. Ouch. Ouch, squad member. Ouch. That's All a five. Right. All right. I mean, that like, I had like two more that I wrote for this, but that one was totally the the cherry topper. So I'll just read my last two as throwaways. The last, the last two I wrote was my apartment lives on top of a Starbucks and I own my own Dairy Queen franchise. Oh, that's that's not even that's not even dating material. That's that's marriage material. That's calling my parents to figure out a dowry. I don't even know what to do with something like that. You're on your way to the courthouse. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. I'm getting the documents drawn up as we speak. Oh, my God. Have, have, like, what is Oh God! 
don't know that I've ever experienced a really good pickup line. I mean, pickup lines are just in general garbage. Oh, they're have garbage. Yeah, like if you ever person, I, I've never. So, in actuality, I have always met my partners through a mutual friend. Uh huh. Every single one of them. I have to know someone who can look at me and tell me they are not a serial killer. You're not going to be floating in the Willamette someday. So it's never been randos. It's never been strangers. It's never been people that I don't have background information on. Um. I haven't had a whole lot of just random dating experience because as Courtney is well aware, since she's known me since I was in middle school, I'm pretty much a serial monogamist and just have had lots of very long-term, not lots, but I've had few very long-term relationships. So I haven't had that many moments in my life where I'm actually single. And so, but the times that I have been terrible, terrible. I, I had this one experience. This is probably my, uh, I don't know. I had a couple really bad date experiences. One, the guy was bragging to me. He spent the entire date bragging about uh, how many speeding tickets he had. Oh, God. Because he loved fast cars and driving fast. And so he was bragging about the amount of speeding tickets he's had, the amount of times he'd gone to court for speeding and how hard it was for him to buy car insurance because of his speeding. And I'm just like sitting there like, I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. And he's like beaming and like thinking that this is like somehow like an attribute that's going to get me excited and not just think I, I wish they would just take your license away. Cause clearly you're a problem for all of us. Like, so there was that one and then, but probably the worst, I won't say the worst. It was the most awkward was I went on this date with this guy and it was, it was a setup from a friend and I had gone to there. I think at this, at this point it was a MySpace. I want to say, oh, I don't think it was, yeah. it might've been yeah, Facebook. There was a- it might, I can't remember if it was Facebook or MySpace, but they had lots of profile pictures, right? And so I check out their profile pictures and they're smoking hot in all of them, except one. In one picture, I'm like, that is not an attractive picture. Why would they put that picture? I I don't even understand. It doesn't even look like any of the other pictures. And so in my head, I'm like, as long as they don't look like that one picture, like we're good, like we're golden. So I meet them at a coffee shop and they walk up and they look exactly like that one picture. Just that is exactly how they look. That is what they look like. And I'm just like, oh dear. Oh dear. So we go, we meet at the coffee shop and then we go walk somewhere and we have dinner and they're very nice. And we had been, we had been, uh, talking and we had drinks and we had, um, dinner and I can tell that he's very much enjoying the state. He's very much having a good time. He's very excited. He's offering to buy me more drinks and dessert. And do we want to do something later? And I'm just trying to get the hell out of there. And I'm like, no, you know, thank you. You know, I've had a good time. So then he has to walk me back to my car, which unfortunately is kind of a ways away. And as he's walking me back to my car, I can tell he keeps trying to hold my hand. Oh, no. And so I kept switching my, which hand was holding my purse. 
Oh my God. So that when he would switch, like when I had my hand in my, my purse in my right hand, he'd switch to my left side so that he could try and hold my left hand. So I'd switch my purse into my left hand. And so we're playing this game. We're dancing this dance the whole way back to my car where I just keep switching which hand was holding my purse. We finally get to my car and he looks at me and he even says out loud, he says, I kind of wanted to hold your hand, but you kept moving your purse. And so I wasn't able to hold your hand. And I'm just looking at him like, honey, I'm trying so hard to be nice. And so I, I, you know, I'm not someone, I'm not mean. I'm not mean unless you kind of approach me aggressively or, or, you know, approach me and I didn't ask to be approached, in which case I will eviscerate you. But if you're like nice and it's just a date and I'm just not interested, I'm going to be very polite. And so I, he asked me out again and I very politely was like, kind of let him know that no, thank you. And that we would not be, you know, I'm not, I've never been someone who like ghosts someone or whatever. Like, I'll be honest. I'll be like, no, you know, I think it's better. You know, I think you're really nice, but I just don't think the chemistry is there. And so, but I, I remember that just the, the whole dance on the way back to my car, just having to switch my purse so that this guy would not be trying to hold my and just the awkwardness of it. And then having to tell my friend, like, he's really nice, but no, thank but, you. Nice, but yeah. Oh, and God. so, yeah, so I've had some, I've had some awkward, but I, t- I tend to be someone who, as you've seen, cause you used to yell at me for it when we were younger, I'm not very approachable and that is by design. I do not like yeah. being approached. I don't like having random men have come up to me. Um, I've never dated anyone that way. I've never um, met someone that way. I've always met someone through someone else. So I'm really not interested in being approached. Right. Um, and I don't make myself very approachable. And so that's that's part of it for me is, and so when someone kind of does it anyway, I'm kind of like, mm, you're just kind of a dick, aren't you? Oh my God. And well, yeah. It's, if you it's, go been, to- it's been awkward quite a few times. Oh my God. It's, it's when I've done some traveling, um, you may in general in the United States, if a guy like is trying to get your attention, you just kind of give him a half smile and just turn and walk away. That's usually enough to, tr- to dissuade them. But when I've like, when I was in Italy, just giving somebody a half smile was an invitation. And these guys would literally like, like throng you. And my husband was once saying something effective, like, well, I heard that that women in Italy are really mean. And I said, you have to be, I have never been so mean to strangers as I was in Italy when the men would literally run up and grab you in the street. I turn and be like, fuck you, buddy. Like turn and, you know, that. Yeah. This this people voice, people voice. Cause I, and then that like, extended when um, I'd be in New York and it was always European men, French men or Italians that they would different level of boundaries. They had different. And so that you'd be sitting, it's like two o'clock in the morning, you're sitting on the subway platform and I have the don't talk to me look on my face. And the men walk up and they go, excuse me, do you know the way to go to sit? I'd be like, yeah, take this train, three stops. And go, would you like to accompany me? You are very beautiful. And I said, walk away. And they're like, you must, and it's like, I do not talk to me. Walk off now. And they're like, they're like, oh, you must be the very lonely woman. Yeah. Well, you know what? Lo- like mean women end up lonely and nice women end up dead. That's the rule when you live in New York City. 
Yeah. And it just, I don't know yeah. that that's the rule for only New York City either. No, so but that's, it's, especially that's like, part of it. I, exactly. That time I almost stabbed your dad when we were at the Blues Festival. That was funny. Uh, yeah. And because um, the Blues Festival is like, you know, it's, it's outdoors, it's fun, but I've lived in New York long enough where I also had to train my husband, don't walk up behind me in public because I might break your face. And your dad, we'd been hanging out with your dad for a little bit. And then he went off and got some food or whatever with his girlfriend. And then I'm walking through the fairgrounds and he sneaks up behind me and like taps me on the shoulder. And I swung around like ready to attack him. I'm like, I'm like, Kanani's dad, you know, I almost hit you. And he's like, whoa, you should just chill out. And I said, I just moved back from New York City. And you ran up behind me. You're lucky you still have a nose. Like Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's well, and, and that's, and also, frankly, that's also just a completely life, different life experience between men yeah. and women, yeah. right? Like we have to be fearful at all times and, and knowledgeable of our surroundings in ways that men are not. They don't yeah, especially when you the live, same way that we do. You've lived in certain places where you've yep. had to go like get your car out of a parking garage or you've had to take the subway or the bus late at night or the this or the that or the blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, don't do that. Oh, anyway, well, let's move on to our sponsor break because I know people really want to talk to our friend, the pet psychic. Thanks to all of our squad members. You contributed the Kanani pickup lines. Those were very good. They were hilarious yeah. and, and unsettlingly good. Accurate. It just very yeah. accurate. Like I said, I'm not sure if it's just because I'm too... I, I'm I'm too easy with those, or people just know me so well. But it's they're not mutually exclusive. They were very they effective. Be, they were they very effective. Be, they can be both. All right. With that, let's go hear from our sponsors. Well, it's 2023, and what better way to ring in the new year than with some new rings? Rings, necklaces, and all the pretty shiny things you could possibly hope for to bring in your new 2023 good luck. New year, new jewelry is my motto. I think no one's surprised by that. And Blessed Be Magic is the perfect place to fulfill all of your jewelry dreams. And by you, I also 100% mean me. Yes, Blessed Me Magic creates discreet, beautiful talisman jewelry for witches to remind them of their magic. They have over 700 five-star reviews. Count that, 700, and they ship worldwide with fast, free shipping within the USA. Gift giving is my favorite part of everything. I do it throughout the year and being able to shop for my favorite witches with a company that makes jewelry for witches like me is just phenomenal. I get compliments on my pieces all the time. And just yesterday when I was ordering coffee, the barista noticed my Hecate ring and was grilling me trying to find out where I bought them. And I told them all about Blessed Be Magic and where I got my ring. Truly, they have so many beautiful items to choose from. And they have a new collection, the Lilith Collection, which is coming out, which includes an absolutely stunning Lilith signet ring. Oh, I cannot wait to put that in my shopping cart. One of the pieces I also really love is their Pinnacle Mini Pendant Necklace. It's a signature piece of theirs, and it is both elegant and minimalist. It is the perfect combination for today's witch. 
I have the Pentacle Mini Pendant Necklace and I love it. I know I often wear my jewelry loud and all over the pl- all over the place, but there is something so classic about this necklace. You're right. It's elegant. And, and, and when I wear it with my Hecate ring, I love floating around town, feeling like I have this connection to my magic everywhere I go. I have totally hooked us and our listeners up and have created a discount code just for that witch life. So go to blessedbemagic.com. That's magic with a K and use witch life one five. That's witch life one five and save 15% on all full priced talisman jewelry. Trust me when I say that with as much shopping as you're about to do and all the presents you're about to buy, when you go to this site, you're going to really love that extra 15% off. That's right. Go be your badass witch selves. And thank you to Blessed Be Magic for being an episode sponsor. Spring is a ways away, y'all, at least where we are. It's going to be cold and rainy for several more months. What Hillary is trying to say is that it's tea drinking weather. All weather is tea drinking weather, especially if you are a fan of the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company. We are not making this up. Jasmine Pearl Tea is magical. Over the years, they have methodically tasted and studied thousands of different teas in search of the most delicious and interesting examples available. All of their signature blends are are handcrafted on site in small batches following a perfected proprietary five-step process starting with setting an intention. Literally everyone we have introduced the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company to has been hooked on it. From roasting chai spices in-house to sourcing exquisite Italian bergamot oil from for Earl Grey, Jasmine Pearl Tea Company's signature blends range from totally unique to inspired versions of the classics. Once blended, their loose leaf teas are carefully packed, sealed, and lovingly shipped to your door. Yes, the Jasmine Pearl is mindful to not overflavor their blends, but instead lightly scent or embolden their natural essence so that the tea itself shines through. A deep understanding and familiarity with each element is also necessary as ingredients are selected to create balance within the brew. They have such a wide variety of teas. If you're like us, you're still in the throes of winter and crave something rich and smoky like their Lapsang Shushong, or if spring is already in your area and you're looking for something fruity or citrusy to drink over ice, the Jasmine Pearl will have what your witchy heart desires. Supporting small businesses is very important to us. And the Jasmine Pearl is a family-owned tea importer and specialty tea blender based right here in Portland, Oregon, who has been crafting tea blends for 17 years and direct sourcing teas from origin since 2004. Their blending and sourcing philosophy is based in the love of fine teas and herbs, which is why they focus on blending with exceptional ingredients, hand blending each batch using mainly organic ingredients, and it shows. This tea is so good. And it's literally turned me from a tea addict into like a literal raging psycho tea addict. Truth, truth, truth. Yes. <laughs> so check out these phenomenal teas at thejasminepearl.com and you can save 10% with coupon code WITCH2023. That's WITCH2023. You get free shipping on orders over $35 and, you know, go ahead and let them know you heard about them on That Witch Life podcast. Thank you to the Jasmine Pearl for being an episode sponsor. It's 
absolutely our delight to welcome Emily Dexter to the show, who is a renowned professional psychic, psychic activator, and author with over 10 years of experience in her field. With a passion for uncovering hidden truths and channeling in historical figures from the past, Emily has gained a reputation as Oracle of Lost Histories. She has helped countless individuals release blocks, connect with their spirit guides, and activate their psychic abilities. Through her work, Emily is dedicated to helping people tap into their inner wisdom and connect with the spiritual realm. She is committed to sharing her knowledge and expertise with the world and works hard to make spiritual make spirituality accessible and simple for everyone. And we thank you for it. Welcome, Emily. Delighted to have you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I discovered you on TikTok, where all good things are discovered. And <laughs> I was telling Kanani and Hillary, and unfortunately, Hillary's not here, and she's going to be so mad she missed it, um, because she is a huge pet lover. And mm-hmm. Kanani is somewhat of a pet lover. And so um, we was uh, delighted to have you here, because... You know, witches are obsessed with their pets or aka familiars. Mm-hmm. And so having um, having you with us to talk about pet psychic work is something that I think people are going to be really, really into. Um, yeah. So first off, you know, tell us, um, how did you first figure out that you were a psychic? It's such a strange journey for all of us. What has your journey been like? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> it's always whenever I could get asked that question, I'm like, well, it's kind of a long story, but I try to abbreviate it as much as possible because we don't need to sit here forever. Um, but basically, I discovered my abilities at birth. I uh, oh. was a kid that could talk to beings that were not there, that could see ghosts. Um, I've been a horse girl my entire life. So communicating with animals was something that I did from a very early age as well. Uh, and I didn't think it was odd. I thought everyone saw the people in the corners of the rooms and yeah. heard what people were feeling and those sorts of things. And then when I was about seven or eight, um, I realized, hey, you know, maybe other people don't know what's going to happen before it happens. That's kind of weird. So I went to my mom and I, you know, told her, Hey, like, I'm sure I explained it awfully because I was again, like seven. So I was like, these are all the things that happened to me. And she's such a sweet, wonderful person, but she was just kind of like, okay, go play outside. (laughs) Just shooed me out the door. You scared scared the piss out of her is what you did. You know it, right? Probably. Yeah. She actually doesn't remember the conversation I've asked her. I'm like, hey, is this something that you recall? And she's like, nope, I don't at all recall that. Like, I know you've always known these things or seen these things, but I have no recollection of you telling me about like all the details. Um, So I probably did scare her very significantly. Or she was just like, okay, this is too much of a make-believe game for me. We're going outside. I was raised super Catholic, um, super accepting Catholic, but still a Catholic. So uh, I immediately was like, oh, my mom doesn't know what this is. And my mom is God. So like, I don't know what this is. And this is terrifying. So then I began the journey of like trying to suppress mm. all my psychic abilities as much as possible, um, which doesn't work. It just makes you scared of them. <laughs> and it just yeah. makes things harder. Yeah. Um, and I did that uh, into my teenage years when it was, it would still come up, I would do like tarot readings and those sorts of things in my teenage years, but I was still kind of suppressing a lot of it and really afraid of it. Um, And then after that, I entered into a really horrible relationship and Mm. really totally fully shut stuff off because when you're in fight or flight, you can't really be psychic or memorable. Um, And after I got out of that a couple years later, I was like, huh. I've run out of things to be afraid of. Um, I want Yo, this open again. <laughs> funny how that happens when you experience that kind of 
those circumstances, whether it's abuse or whether it's loss, it's like, mm-hmm. ha, 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 try me now, motherfuckers. Yep. But yep. the problem is, is once you hit that wall, you've suppressed it for so many years, you're like, but mm-hmm. how, like, how do I reaccess this? Like, I know it's something I've been afraid of forever. I know yeah. this has happened, but what do I do? Um, so that started my whole journey to get me here now because it's been a lot of like, okay, well, if I'm going to unblock this stuff, it better be easy. It better be fun. It better be playful. Those sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like a really quick summation of how I dove in. Oh, my God. See, I haven't even told Kanani this because I actually haven't seen Kanani in like way too long, like three weeks, which means that we're probably not speaking or something like that. But um, a long time I, for us. I was traveling. It was a long time for us. <laughs> and I was traveling with my two month old like a psycho. And um, <laughs> I realized she's you know, she, cause they're at that age about eight weeks when they start to notice things. And it was three o'clock in the morning and I'm feeding her. And all of a sudden she stops eating and she looks off at nothing and smiles. And I went, Oh, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here like, I'm not afraid because it's a friendly spirit. I know it is because she's smiling, but I'm fucking scared right now because <laughs> my kid can see something that I can't. And so, you know, I'm just like, Okay. And then, of course, I try to go in my mind. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm sure that's not what it is. I'm like, I'm a fucking witch. I know that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I probably know who it is if I actually were to tune in. But uh, I I don't care how long I've been in witchcraft. Three o'clock in the morning when there's you think there might be a spirit nearby, you get a little nervous. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even when you've been in this a bit. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. So, you know, what's interesting about your work, and which I think will be because a lot of witches come into this and, you know, we have very, very similar stories. And a lot of people out there are really gonna be resonating with what you said. Um, um, What is it specifically about pet psychic work that I don't know that lit, lit up for you that you were drawn to? How did that journey open up? Yeah, so um, it is one of the many different things that I do. Um, At the end of the day, animals are easier. Okay. (laughs) Um, I love talking to animals, period, animals in general. So whether that is pets specifically, or that's livestock, or that's the bear that's trying to get into my garage. I mean, whatever it is, I love getting to talk to animals. Um, They have a lot less in the way. They're a lot more willing to talk to and to understand you than you give kind of them credit for. Um, So for me, when it lit up with animals, like I mentioned, I've always been a horse girl. Um, That's been huge. I'm always Mm. always an animal girl. Um, I was born and raised in Lake Tahoe. I'm here still. And um, that is surrounded so intimately by nature on all sides that it was such an integral part of my life to be connected with animals. So when I was really young, I started riding horses based on my own will, my poor mother, um, when I was Mm. four. No one in my family rides. This was a 100%. I decided I'm going to do this now and I will do nothing else period for extracurriculars until you let me do this. And that was where like, I learned how much they can actually hear me. Like I could hear them talk and then I would try to talk back and then they would react to that. And I was like, Oh, you know, even as a little kid, like this is thing, like I can talk to this, this animal and have it respond um, and actually have it work, not even talking out loud, just thinking back and forth. And so that's what really started it off. Even when I was suppressing my abilities throughout my like, you know, adolescent years, I was still very actively speaking to animals because those mm. were the beings around me. I was still riding horses. Um, I had my dog, <laughs> like whatever it was, there was always the, that was the safe place to have the magic be. 
And then as I started being in my more professional career, um, I was a horseback trail guide for a while. So there was a lot of like, oh, okay, as an, you know, as a full adult, um, this horse is having this particular problem. How do I know? Because they told me they're having this problem mm. and having, having it be proved correct over and over and over again. It was actually a huge part of my spiritual reawakening to connect with animals in that way. So whenever I can help people connect with animals in a reading, um, it, it means a lot to me. I think it's pretty magical and special to more than anything, reaffirm the bond you already know you have with your pet and just give you deeper insight to who they are and what they have to say, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is oftentimes it's said the way a pet would say it, which I think is always really funny. Um, mm. Or people are like, what are they saying? And I'm like, no, oh, they would like more of the yellow cheese in the fridge. Like this is what they're going for. Or the, you yeah. know, like the belly rubs you gave them last night were super awesome. They're still talking about it. Like whatever it is, it's sometimes really profound, beautiful wisdom, but oftentimes it's profound, beautiful wisdom, the way a pet would tell you. Oh, um, what's, the, what's some of your favorite pet descriptions on pets, the pet communication? Oh, um, this one actually happened just a couple weeks ago, but it made me super duper happy. So um, she had recently, like very recently adopted a new cat. And um, she was like, what is going on? Like, I don't I don't know if I'm giving them what they need. Like, we haven't really made a bond yet, but I love them, but I don't know what they want from me. And I was like, okay, like, let me chat with them. So I tuned in and the cat was a little bit older. I think they were like eight or something. Um, and definitely I woke them up from a nap because like it was a little kind of like a sleepy, like what? sort of feeling like coming in um, and I always make sure to ask permission before I like talk to them so I'm always asking like hey can I talk to you right now to the animal because they have consent as well um, and they're like sure and I was like how are you doing and they're like tired <laughs> okay um you know is that like overall and they were like really happy to have like a safe home really really tired i guess they had had a home previously but not for very long which the owner hadn't you know the new owner didn't know that um before they got lost or something like that it was a little a little fuzzy there um so they were really relieved to have a home again and i was like oh okay well is there anything that you're needing like are you lacking something and they're like yeah i want more of the fish treats And then just went back to sleep. Like, that was it. I was like, okay. And so I was like, I don't know if you have specific fish treats or this is from their, like, previous life, but they want more of the fish treats. And the person I was on the phone with, like, died laughing, just absolutely started cracking up. And she was like, right before I got on this call with you, I had just bought a brand new bag of treats and they're little in the shape of little fishes. And so <laughs> that's what he's referring to is that he wants oh, more of those treats. Like, oh, that's cool. sweet. That makes sense. Um, so that was a really cute one. So when you speak to animals, then you speak to, this isn't just like animals that have crossed over. You speak to animals that are here with us now. Oh, absolutely. Both. Definitely both. Um, a lot of times there'll be animals that cross over that come through a lot, like very, very often. Um, but you can also talk to the animals that are here now too. <laughs> yeah. So what, what is some of the, see, I know we're, we're getting a little off script here because I'm just so curious. Mm-hmm. What is the most common message that pets have for their humans, either living or deceased? What What is the most common thing that they want humans to know? Um, the most common thing uh, that comes up is they, they're when they pass they don't leave us the way we think they leave us Mm. they're so very much present in our space so usually the messages are somewhere around like stop thinking i'm gone or like 
I'm not sad. Don't be sad. There's a lot of that that will come up. Um, mm-hmm. But usually it is like the one I would get more than more often than not is like, no, I'm still around. Like I didn't actually leave. I'm still going to be here with you. Um, especially if there's a very strong bond or the, the pet is like a familiar or anything like that. Uh, that one is probably the most common. So you, you mentioned it. So your, do your abilities extend beyond pets? Do you, how do you work with people as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, so pets, I love doing pets and animal stuff because that's a, a big part of like what I love. But um, my work really centers around spirit guides, of which pets usually are in some capacity, um, helping people understand their spirit guides, connect to their spirit guides, under- know who they are, ask them for help, um, activating your own unique psychic abilities because everyone's got psychic abilities. So mm-hmm. how do you activate those? Um, really specialize a lot in that. And that goes hand in hand with a lot of block removal stuff. So I'll energetically pull and release block for- blocks for people quite significantly and quite often, limiting beliefs, blocks, things like that, ancestral past life, you name it. Um, past life work, mediumship work, kind of the whole gambit. Mm, excellent. All right. Well, what is like, is, is psychic, how is psychic communication with pets different than with, with humans? What's, what do you find some of the big differences are? Um, humans tend to overcomplicate things even after. Oh, shocking. Mm, yeah. <laughs> shocking. Um, yeah, you know, uh, with pets, especially if when pets have passed, um, they're very clear. They're like, oh, you know, I was scared, but you did the right thing. Like, they just make it, like, clear, simple, you know, or, no, I didn't have any pain. I didn't even realize I was, you know, they don't even realize they've passed a lot of the time. They're like, I don't know. I just can't eat food now. It's weird. Like, they just don't care oh, or understand. They're just like, no, I'm still connected. I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Um, whether cats are a little bit more self-aware. Um as are some like reptile stuff, but dogs are a little bit less go figure um, where they're a lot more like, I don't know what you're talking about. I still get up on the bed. Like I just can't eat. It's weird. (laughs) That's the extent. Um, But they're very clear. They're very simple. Um, They're very wisdom based creatures. A lot of times um, pets will stay with you too. If you, you know, um, if you, uh, after they pass and they'll stay with you to hold, continue to hold energetic space for you as that is what Mm. pets do for us in life as well is hold energetic space for us. Um, So that is something they really have that intention. Um, Humans are a lot more self-motivated in a lot of ways. They have a lot stronger journey. So even if I'm talking to someone who has passed, um, sometimes they're not as healed as we would think that they would be. Just because they pass on doesn't mean that they change their entire personality and learn all the lessons we wish they would have learned while on planet. Um, Sometimes that's to their benefit. Sometimes that's not. Um, So half the time when humans come in, they still have maybe some of their prejudices. Sometimes humans don't want to talk to me, like past loved ones, etc. They don't want to talk to me because they're really religious in life and they're not about talking to me. Um, In in death or, you know, sometimes they still are really struggling to work through maybe their anger or their frustration about certain things or, you know, they're a lot more opinionated about the sort of denser emotions stuff where our pets just like in life are like, no, I'm good. You know, more than anything else, they they have sometimes have messages. They sometimes carry wisdom from guides, too, as kind of like an in-between sort of energy um, where people who are past loved ones, occasionally they can be your spirit guide, um, but they're not most often. They can still in fact impact your life, but they're not so much on the same level as a guide per se. Um, and when people pass, 
they go to what I call a spiritual spa day. So they'll hang around as a spirit for maybe like a week or two, sometimes a little bit more. And then they go to a spiritual spa day where they like recuperate and they heal yes. from life and they do the things that they need to do. Um, and then they'll kind of come back. Pets don't usually have that period. Um, pets, when they pass on, uh, they will either like, you know, cross the rainbow bridge for lack of a better term and, and go do about their stuff and still check in on you. Or sometimes they show up with a relative or something like that, or they quite literally just sort of wake up dead and go on about their day as, as if normal. It's not necessarily like a ghost. It's just kind of in that in-between space where they're still super anchored to your energy and now their energy has stayed behind to help yours, um, which is different than people as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And so it's, it's, so I guess I'm curious um, cause you say the animals don't even realize that they died. Do they have any kind of, cause most of our pets end up being euthanized in the end. That's just how most, most of them get put down. Mm-hmm. Do they understand that that's what's happening when it happens? Some, yes. Some, no. Um, some are already kind of pulled away at that point in time. So it's just kind of like a blur. They just don't know they were at home and, and then they were at home again and <laughs> you were sad. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Mm-hmm. To them, that's kind of, they kind of blur it out because a lot of pets, even in passing, do not like the vet at all. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they at most will be like, oh, I knew you were doing something good for me because you always say it was good for me when we went to the vet, even though it sucked. Like, they'll say something in that capacity. Um, but oftentimes they don't even process it. Um, if they do and they know what was going on, they understand a lot more than we give them credit for. So usually they know exactly what's going on. Usually they knew that you were doing something that was the best for them. They knew you were sad. So something was happening for them. And then they can have the retrospect after they pass it being like, Oh yeah, I was in a lot of pain. Thank you for doing that for me. Or, you know, I, I couldn't really stand. I appreciate you helping me with that. So they yeah, get, cause I mean- they get love a lot easier than we get love. Right. Like, like recently I, I had to, uh, actually two days after I brought my daughter home from the hospital, um, my cat passed away cause it, it woke up, you know, woke up that morning and, um, I'm not even sure I told, talked about, I don't know. I have Emily, we taught podcast amnesia around here was we were like, did I tell the story? I don't know. <laughs> we do a weekly show. You don't remember. I need a psychic to tell me what I've talked about because I can't go through all the archives. So anyway, um, I like two days after I came home from the hospital with the baby, um, my cat, I knew she had a kind of cancer. My husband and I said, we're not going to do chemo or pat, like we're just going to mm-hmm. go right to palliative care because she's 14 and we're just not doing that. Um, you know, so we just kept her as, as comfortable as, as she could and just watched her carefully. And that more, and I'm not surprised she waited till the baby came home. It's almost as, even though she was, she was much more of a taker of energy than a giver of energy. I think she wanted to mm-hmm. stick around till, you know, till baby made it. Or maybe when baby came home, she goes, yeah, you know what? This thing is noisy. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, um, woke up, I woke up that morning and, um, she fell as she was trying to come down the stairs. And then she was very clearly looking for a place to die. You know, she was mm-hmm. like, looking looking in corners but not actually going into corners and was just kind of searching for something and then i tried to yeah. feed her and uh she couldn't find the bowl even though it was right in front of her and i was like okay we're we're at the end here and so um my husband actually was able to get her an appointment that afternoon um cuz otherwise it would have been several days and we're like let's just do this now cuz we don't know what's going to what's going to come and as she was we used to laugh because we said she was not the brightest bulb in the pack but as she was um on the table and they were preparing the medicines uh, when i looked in her eyes it, i felt like she knew 
mm-hmm. you know, what was going on, or at least she knew yeah. she was dying, you yeah. know? And so I didn't know if I was projecting that onto her or if that was a reality, but you're, what I'm hearing you say is that most pets, they, you, get they blur out the vet, but they tend to have an understanding that, okay, this is my, they're, they are helping me. Oh, a hundred percent. And I will say, um, animals in general have a different relationship with death than we do. We have Mm. a lot of limiting beliefs around death, a lot of fear around death. We understand that there's transition to them. It's part of, it feels more normal than we give it credit for feeling. Mm. So they're Um, not as afraid when it happens. Not at all. They have a lot more instinct of like, oh, this is the, this thing. I understand what's going on. Like this is me moving into the next space. Also, um, Oftentimes pets have more of a memory than we give them credit for. When I say memory, I don't just mean of like their current life. A lot of times pets or animals will come in with like memories of like kind of what they did before too. Oh. Um, so they're just like, oh, okay, stepping into the next space. Like they know a little bit more of their plan. I'm not saying always, but just often I've seen this come up, especially talking to them after they've passed is they knew a little bit more of the plan, especially near the end. It's kind of like, oh, the curtain was lifted up and they know this next step of information. So they step into it and then the curtains lifted up again and they know the next little bit. So they step into it kind of energy where we have a lot of, we have to wait till we pass in order to understand it. They get it earlier on. So they know. So I had a cat that I swear must have been a person in a previous life. Um, I mean, she was so smart that she's like cats like this are what inspired those tales of people that believed that animals were cursed and turned like or people that were cursed as animals because this mm-hmm. cat could literally follow conversations and would react to them. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so you, have you found that some pets were people in past lives or are pets just always pets or animals always animals? No, we can be whatever we want anytime. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of the, the rule there. So yeah, sometimes they have been people in past lives. Sometimes they have not and can they never want to be. And they think that having a human existence sounds suffocating. This is a direct quote from a dog. Um, oh, well, for a dog, for sure. I mean, my God, <laughs> being a dog is awesome. Right? Like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I will keep doing this. Thank you very much. Um, so there's a lot of varying. I will say... It is more often than not, at least in my experience, and I've channeled, you know, a whole bunch of animals, both wild and domesticated, um, that more often it is more of a continued animal experience for them. That is how they move through this particular level of the universe, if that makes sense, which we'd have to go into a lot of like more detail to get that down. But for this level of the universe, some of them opt fairly often they opt like, no, this is, I'm good having continued incarnations in the plane of existence that is animal based. So not saying they're always the same animal, but they're like, "Mm, no, if I have to do earth, I'm going to do earth in animal form. Thank you. Um, Whatever that is for them. So I will say that has, I have seen that a good amount of times, but I've also seen the, oh, you've definitely done this before in like a human space, or um, this is your first lifetime here of a very, it's a very mixed bag, honestly, when it comes to animals. I mean, I swear my cat hated being a cat, though. Like, she was mad about the not having thumbs. Um, I mean, she just, she just, she she didn't like using the litter box. But she would use a litter box, but you could tell she was pretty pit off by it. She hated, uh-huh. you know, interacting with other cats. Um, she would seduce men that I would, you know, date. Like, uh, I, I'm going to take this one. Thank you so much. Or that, you know, she didn't like somebody. She would do everything in her power to get them out. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, and... I it just like 
you know, I'll never forget this one time. And she really was my familiar. I wouldn't say that every, I, I'm not a witch who says that every one of my pets is a familiar. This was the only familiar I have yet had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like my dog now, who I have a question about for you in a minute, yeah. could be a familiar, but he's got so many marbles loose that I just don't try to do magic with him because he's just mm-hmm. working through too much of his own trauma. Yeah. But this cat, man, she and I were just, you know, my favorite story with her is I was living in this New York apartment, which by the way, Brooke Shields now owns the building that my old apartment was in. And so whenever she says that she moved into a condemned building, Brooke, it was not condemned. Yes, it was a shithole, but it was not condemned because I was living in it. So it's, it's, I, get, I get a really bunched way. Also, though, she was a very nice lady and I could go into the story that Brooke Shields is a genuinely nice person. I will say that, but I get mad when she says she moved into a condemned building because I was living there. <laughs> And the, the plumbing worked and so did the electricity. It was fine. But there were a lot of roaches. And um, at the middle of the night, my um, I came out and my cat had left um, a roach on its back. Like she had maimed it. So it was still twitching right in the middle of the entryway and was staring at me. It was obviously a present. You know, when a cat gives you a gift, you're not supposed to really, you're supposed to respond neutrally. And I just kind of said out of the, under my breath, I'm like, Oh, I think you ought to kill it next time, you know, like, thanks so much, but kill it Mm -hmm. next time. So I wadded it up, went to the bathroom, flushed it and walked, turned around and walked straight back out. And I shit you not, there was a dead roach exactly where she'd left the live one. She ripped its head off and she looked at me like, you happy now, bitch? What do you want now? Like Mm -hmm. she understood me and she went and did it. I was like. I got to be careful what I say to this cat because she literally speaks English. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like she was like, ah, just, yeah. Yep. No, that, first of all, amazing story. Second of all, yes. sorry for the roaches. I know. I know. Oh, God. God. Um, I never got used to them. I got less used to them. I got more, uh, more unhappy with them as the years went on. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Don't envy you in that experience. <laughs> Um, but I will say that does make sense. And, um, a lot of familiars specifically, and I, um, I'm a lot more choosy with that term than I think a lot of people are because I can talk to them and get some of that soul history there. Honestly, when it comes to familiars, it is the animal that has incarnated one because you basically asked for it or you had a contract for them to incarnate for you basically at that time. Yes. Um, that is a big one. A lot of people will get their familiars by spontaneous universal gift of like, here, have this animal. You just, we've decided it's time like that level of energy. That's typically how a familiar comes in. Also, they will be a lot more human-like, a lot more wise, and a lot more communicative. You will be able to communicate with them without even speaking, even if you're not very good with your psychic abilities. That is the level of familiar because you are so soul-level comfortable with each other. It's like Mm. you speak an energetic language that no one else would understand. And so they do tend to show up a lot more human-like, a lot more... I can understand what you're saying. They have their own personalities. So significant. All animals have their own personalities, but theirs are very significant when you think of familiars. I will say that all of your animals have probably been part of your soul family or a part of your soul family in some way going forward, but that doesn't inherently make them a familiar that you can do magic with that holds deep energetic space for you that is there to help you activate and heal through a very significant part of your life, et cetera. 
Oh yeah, I mean Lilith definitely was that. She came to oh, me when my life was really. Name for her. Oh yeah, she was a tiny little black cat, never weighed more than nine pounds. Um, big green eyes, like solid black. A lot of cats have like some white in them. No, when she got old, she had like a couple of white hairs on her chest, but she was solid black, like a tiny little panther, and um, was just a very magical cat. Really, really was. Like her last act of magic was. Um, I did a, a spring equinox ritual and my husband and I had just moved. So I like went out and bought some, some, uh, herb seeds and put them on a sigil and she walked in circles around them. And then she died later that night. Like that literally was her last act. Like all to the day she died, she was doing magic. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. they can also see up- things we can't see. And it's mm-hmm. really normal to them. And they most of the mm-hmm. time know that we can't see them. So if your animal ever is like staring off into the corner and then starts barking at something or like pouncing at oh, something, yeah. you're like there's nothing there. They know you can't see that, which is part of the reason they're also pouncing or barking at it because they know yeah. that you can't see it and therefore they need to do the protecting of you in some capacity. So them working magic, that sort of stuff, they can see it. They know exactly what we're they're doing. And we're just like, Yay! I hope you're doing a good thing. Um, yeah. Where they totally get it. Totally so totally, it. like, I'm, I'm so sorry Hillary's not here because she was there for the story and can vouch for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were in high school, we messed around with the Ouija board, like most witches have that experience. Mm-hmm. And the I make this very clear: the dog was not. My dog at the time was not in the room when we were playing with the Ouija board. She was not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like she saw our reactions to having scared ourselves. So we did the Ouija board. Scared ourselves, of course, brought the rosary out, did, you know, we were Catholic too. Well, I was, you know, did some stuff to try to close the portal, whatever. And then we put the board away and we put it on the top shelf of my closet in our bedroom. Okay. So we put it away. And then a couple hours later, we're watching a movie in my room. So Mm -hmm. we're no longer even talking about the Ouija board. We're not even in that headspace anymore. And the dog comes in and she gets on my bed and she's taking a nap. And the middle of watching the movie out of the blue. And again, Hillary and I were not focused on the Ouija board. So the dog was not reacting to us because we were watching a movie. The dog lifts her head, opens her eyes, looks at the Ouija board in the top shelf of my open closet, growls, then whimpers and ran out of the room. (laughs) Oh, that makes you feel really safe to sleep in that room that night. Uh, not the no. whole house was fucked because of whatever was going on there. And so, but I say this to people because they, the response is, well, the dog's picking up on your reaction. I say, I make no. this clear. She wasn't there. We played with it. She, we weren't focused mm-hmm. on it. We were focused on something else. And she was asleep. And then something roused her. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like, she didn't like whatever yeah. was going on there. No, she thought she knew what was going on yeah for sure yeah that's yeah. not her reacting to you at all <laughs> no but i say that because i mean people make people uh, i think it's reasonable to to get the information like before we jump to conclusions was the dog in the room with you could the dog be reacting to your behavior mm-hmm. and in this case i say absolutely not that is not we were we had moved on we were 17 year olds that were now focused on something else all completely i mean we're, mm-hmm. i don't know what we were probably watching Tu wong fu so listeners i'm taking advantage of emily's time and attention i'm going to ask her a question about my ichabod so um my husband and i've been working really hard with him on getting him to be more comfortable with guests and we're just really having a hard time getting him past that and so i want to know if you're able to tune in with him and say what does he need from us to get him more comfortable with guests or what is it that's not working for him when we have guests over? Mm, good question. 
He's so funny. He's super dopey. Um, <laughs> even tuning into him, he's like, what? Like, just kind of like a weird, like, okay, um, sort of energy that came up, which was really cute. Okay, so a couple of different things on that. <clears throat> he has protective instincts are like off the chart of you and your space specifically, mm-hmm. especially with the baby in the space. Now mm-hmm. it's like almost like he regressed or it feels like he regressed energetically a little bit because he like super was like kind of feeling okay with the protective stuff. And then the baby came home and was like, whoop, nope, super protective again over the entire space. Um, honestly, I don't know if you have like a, I, I assume you do because he's showing me this image of like a crate or like that sort of thing, like having his own cage sort of mm-hmm. pers- space that honestly feels really good because he has something else to protect that's not the whole house energy Mm. which feels important um because right now it's like the whole house is his then (laughs) and he's not Mm. letting anything in um and if you force him in then it makes him feel very uncomfortable because he feels like you're not listening to the fact that he thinks that someone coming in is a negative thing so Mm. it's almost a little bit of like getting him to understand and reason with that a tad of like hey this is your spot to protect i'll protect us from over here I would even have that conversation with him, like literally like a person just be like, Hey, I'm keeping us safe here. Like I will keep this safe. You keep that safe. And then we'll work together. Um, I think he'll probably understand that to be totally honest, or at least in some capacity for sure. But having a different space that is Mm -hmm. for his to secure would be good. Um, The other thing too, is he has no recognition or understanding when he's scared versus when he senses a threat to him. It feels the same. Mm. So him being like, oh, someone's coming in is like, it's a fear response, but he doesn't register it as fear response. He registers it as an attack response Mm. um, or like a freak out response kind of thing instead of like, oh, I'm scared of this. I can rely on the rest of my pack. It's like, I'm scared of this. The world must explode is like that level of ramped. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I would start to distinguish, he's not giving me a lot of clarity on this to be a whole hundred percent honest, but I'm just seeing this when he's feeling it. I talked about it and it was the same, like those are the different emotions I could see. So it feels like distinguishing on your end, distinguishing when it's like an aggressive response, when it's a fear response, trying to figure out like when that comes up. So you can be like, Oh, fear. Okay. And do a different reaction based on what you see. Um, I think that will help too. Big time for him. It's kind of muddled, but well, I have to give you some feedback. Mm-hmm. Because the dopey response, I gave him clonidine this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> that's so he is literally, literally, that's why, because he's like kind of zonked like, out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you said, well, I'm, he's really kind of dopey, I'm like, he is today. So. <laughs> that's uh, well, that, cool. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that does make sense because I have been working with giving him uh, some space in the back of the kitchen and having like a, a uh, gated off area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's, it's his, so I'll, I'll do more work with that there. And also, like you said, just have the conversation. So that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's very helpful. So yay. Mm-hmm. Well done. So, um, what, what do you wish people understood about pet psychics? Um, you know, I mean, this, this listener base, people are going to be into it and believe you, but I'm sure that, that you've run into a lot of skeptics over the years. What oh, do you yeah. wish people really understood about pet psychic work? Um, well, I'm going to kind of lump it into psychic work in general, because I think it all falls into the same bucket. Um, mm-hmm. Because especially one of my like passions with psychic work is I love to channel in people who lived in the ancient past and get their Mm. stories to actually get the narrative from their perspective, which 
just like pet psychic work really triggers people <laughs> because they're yeah. like, well, how, are you, how are you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. And like lots of that energy. Um, people understand ghosts more than they understand communicating with beings that aren't necessarily here anymore in any sort of energetic capacity. Um, and same thing with, you know, pets, they're, people have big blocks around that, but like things like ghost communication or past level communication is a little bit more accepted, which is really weird. Um, I would just wish, I genuinely wish that people re-examined their definition of impossible, uh, because they're making their lives really unmagical for no reason. Mm, mm. Uh, that's truly what I wish people understood is just because someone can do something you cannot do doesn't mean that you have to limit your experience and you can get benefit out of that as well. And there's genuinely nothing that's impossible period. Um, mm. And the more you can accept that, the more magical your life will get. So whenever I come into a skeptics, I kind of just send them love and wish them well on the boring journey they've decided to set out on. <laughs> I love that. Wish there, wish there more, <laughs> wish them more love on the boring journey that they've chosen. That's such a wonderful <laughs> listeners. Please take that with you when people start giving you shit and be like witchcraft. It's like, well, I wish you, you know, peace and love on the boring journey that you've chosen. I love that. It's delightful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, okay. So, you know, what have, what have you got going on in your pet psychic world or psychic world in general, the next, the next, whenever, yeah. Um, so I do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh -huh. Um, I do currently, I do have a group reading coming up. I do, I, my calendar is booked out for one-on-one -on -one readings pretty far. If you don't want to wait really far, I do have group readings that I do about twice a month ish. Um, so I have one of those coming up this Saturday. I don't know when this air episode airs, so this might not be accurate to, to win, but on Saturday or Friday, the 28th is when I have the next one, but then I have one a couple weeks, uh, after that as well. So you can always do a group reading with me if you want to get some clarity there. Um, or I do offer one-on-one -on -one readings as well. And we can dive into anything, whether it's your psychic abilities, activating stuff, block removal, pet psychic stuff. I mean, it's your time. It's, I call it a soul reading because it's whatever you want, um, led by your guides. And of course you, um, so I do a lot of that work. Uh, big time. Um, I also do retreats, um, ancient wisdom retreats. We go to different locations around the world and mm. get ancient wisdom from those spaces and uh, learn how to channel, do a lot of spiritual activation, that sort of stuff. I have one coming up to Greece and we're going to Greece in June, which is very exciting. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. we're One of my main guides is Apollo and I used to be a Hellenic polytheist um, for a long time. So I'm pretty excited to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, chat with all of all of the different energies there which is gonna be super fun uh yeah so i got that going on and then of course i also have youtube i'm doing a lot of stuff over there right now i do a lot of psychic mentorship um my patreon is all dedicated towards having me as a psychic mentor um so i do a lot of fun stuff in those spaces uh yeah i have a couple digital courses that you can take too if you really want to expand your own psychic abilities i have one that's just a simple little week-long thing and then one that's more in depth um but yeah i do a bunch of i have many many things that i do well where can people find you awesome my website is emily dexter psychic com. That is the easiest spot for booking readings, group readings, um, joining the Patreon classes, all of that. Um, if you want to find me on any platforms, my handle is at liker of words. 
Okay. Um, so like her words on everything. My biggest presence is on TikTok. Like I said, I'm just expanding into YouTube and then I have a pretty significant presence on um, Instagram. So that's where you can find me. Mm-hmm. All right, Emily. Well, this has just been delightful. And thank you for sharing your experience and your wisdom and for helping me figure out my sweet but pain in the ass dog. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> love it. Um, all right, everybody. Well, the rest of y'all um, go talk to your animals, love them all up and We will see everybody next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to That Witch Life Podcast. Our music is by Dustin Schultz, editing by Corey Drake. If you like what we do, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee or check out our merch on our Etsy store or join us on Patreon for bonus content, ad-free episodes, or to join our witch squad. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For show notes, audio transcript, or to ask us a question to answer on a future episode, go to thatwitchlife.com. Until then, keep moting that shit. We will talk to you next week. So mode it be.